My name is Arundhati Roy. I should just say WC, WCBN FM, right? Okay. This is uh, WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and uh, the revolution will not be funded. Hello and welcome to the Living Writers Show. I'm today's host, The Liz, keeping the seat warm for T. Hetzel, the show's venerable, inimitable, irreplaceable, and more familiar host. Today we're talking to Julia Holter, whom I chased down right before her sound check while she was on a tour date in New York City. Early last month, we talked on the phone and I got conversation for you, which I'll play now along with her music, starting with this track.
We just heard Julia Holter with a track called Marian Bad from her album Ecstasis. Julia and I talked about a lot of her projects that stretch back to maybe 2008 or so and include her most recent album, Have You in My Wilderness, which came out just this past September. I hope you don't mind if I give a brief bit of background real quick before we get started so you get a heads up about some of the obtuse references we'll make during the conversation that will ensue. So Julia Holter recorded four albums in recent history, the latest, of course, being Have You in My Wilderness, which was released by the record label Domino and produced by Cole M. Greif Neal. And Cole's a recent Grammy winner for producing a Beck album. Julia Holter does collaborate a lot with other musicians, including her guitar-playing dad and local artists you might know from WCBN, like Jib Kidder and Laurel Halo. And we'll talk about a long-distance album of field recordings called Tarepa that she released with a bunch of other artists. Speaking of which, Julia Holter also mixed field recordings into another project of hers called Cookbook, which she modeled on a score by John Cage, and you'll hear her name drop what she calls Cagean ideas at some point. But all right then, no more delays. Let's meet Julia Holter. So instead of me introducing you with a bio or description, can you introduce yourself and describe what you do? Yeah. Go for it. My name is Julia Holter. I am a musician. I write songs mostly and um, perform them. <laughs> All right, nice. Well, I wa- I wondered how you were going to introduce yourself because for me, at least, for my ears, your music doesn't really sound like anything else out there. And it sounds like you're not following conventions, but you're not necessarily avoiding convention either. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I started actually at Michigan. I was studying there, and um, actually one of the things that really helped me a lot, because I was in the music school, and um, I felt kind of out of place there. I was a composition major there. And I think um, one of the things that helped me actually was at WCB and just, like, listening to a lot of different music and... um, getting outside of this world and the music school that was very classical oriented that I never, cause I never really felt like I belonged to one kind of like world in music. I always listened to so many different things. And so freeform radio is one of the things that helped me a lot with that. Um, and just being okay with that. And so I think my music also, it's very like, um, I don't really, um, yeah, I don't really know how to define my music usually genre-wise, but I I like to think about things in terms of, like, what poetically is happening in a song or what, what is the story. Like, I maybe think more, almost more like a writer in a way or, like, what is coming across, what emotion is happening here. Thank you. 
hit certain emotional tones when you write music? I think I um, I don't intentionally even, like I don't always know exactly what's happening, but I find myself caught up in something and I and I run and I kind of just like gravitate toward that feeling. Uh-huh. So if it's a feeling of a lot of times like desperation, that that's like a that's like a feeling I like to explore a lot. I find that I like to explore a lot. I don't consciously try to, but I think it's a good one. Or like seeking or like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once I kind of realize that's what the song's about, I work on it more. So it's not like I'm totally just like everything's completely spontaneous. Like things come out spontaneously and then I, oh, okay, this is kind of going in this direction. I get it. And it's like following the song a little bit. Uh-huh. Does it feel cathartic to you? Do you feel like you're accomplishing something <laughs> and getting something off your chest? It's not definable, but yeah, it's not like, oh, I was really upset about this thing. But I mean, there actually, no, there are a few times where I've actually been upset about something very specific and writing a song helps. Mm-hmm. And other times it's, it's not specific thing. Things aren't necessarily bad. The thing specific going on that's bad, but it's like, um, nourishing in some way to kind of come out with this melody that just kind of comes out of me. City shoes find waste on green fertile valleys. I know who could fall straight and that's so sure. Someone with the thing to say shreds on a leaf and lets it fall into my feet. I received the news so small a child who cannot understand.
I came across a collaboration with you and local artist Laurel Halo and others called, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, Tarepa. Yeah, Tarepa. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> All right, let's, let's just go with that. So uh, I read a description of the album that said that the aim was to get as many forward-thinking new musicians on board as possible. So I wonder, do you consider yourself, quote, forward-thinking? What does that mean to you? <laughs> Not really, actually. I mean, it's too specific. I don't, um, I don't know who wrote that, but I, I know that the goal for Kuhei, who's the guy who came up with this idea, was to um, get, um, I mean, to me, it was just about getting a bunch of different people, not necessarily like any specific type of people. Like, um, And then forward thinking, I would say, I don't really know. I don't think of myself as breaking boundaries. And I'm not interested in breaking boundaries as a musician. I don't worry about, am I doing something that's never been done before? Or like, I think of myself as a borrower, just like most artists are. I think most artists borrow. You borrow um, stories, you borrow melodies, and it's like, that's just what it is. I'm not like inventing things. And so I'm not worried about being on the edge or edgy or like, yeah, because it's just, you just do what you do and, yeah. Well, yeah, and I just saw uh, an interview that says, well, I think you were at CalArts visiting your one of your alma maters, and you said your advice was keep doing what you want to do really adamantly. Mm-hmm. So that that follows those lines, I think. So yeah. for, for Tarepa, was somebody actually on an airplane for the 20 minutes that you recorded yeah, simultaneously? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> do you know who? No, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't remember who it was. I remember someone saying they were on an airplane. I wonder how that worked out. Like, were, were the seatmates, like, what is happening right now? Well, they probably didn't know they were being recorded. <laughs> oh, so it was ambient. It wasn't like they were banging on a... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the, like, mine was pretty um, empty. I don't remember what exactly I did, but I was making ringing some bells. And there's a lot of emptiness, for sure. Did you make a connection, like a telepathic connection with the others, do you think? Um, no, not necessarily. <laughs> my approach to it may have been through my own lens, but I was seeing it as like almost a Cajun kind of idea where you have a specific time bracket in which you do sort of an undiscussed thing. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah, and then they're, and you're all in different places. I've actually done, I, I have a friend who has a piece that she wrote that's very similar to this, actually, this idea where you all record something at this specific time and you're all over the world. So it's not unheard of, and I think it's a really nice idea. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, right, capturing different worlds and putting and colliding all of those worlds together. Yeah. Uh, so you you do like John Cage, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> It seems like you cite him quite a bit as... Uh... I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I don't have authority to talk too much about him, but I do, like many people, very much appreciate him. Yeah, I feel like you have authority to talk about what an influence he has been on yourself. Mm-hmm. And Maybe. So you created an album that we have here at WCBN called Cookbook? Mm, yeah. Uh, and but I think you made that when you were in California. But it mm-hmm. sounded so. You brought up you know your experience here, and it sounds to me that album sounds to me like something that could come straight out of WCBN if you just tune yeah. or WFMU or any like freeform radio station. Yeah, totally. 
Here's a small piece of Julia Holter's 45-minute mix of sounds and recipes. It's called Cookbook. You've got living writers on WCBN-FM with The Liz hosting this week, subbing for T. Hetzel. Don't move. We'll be back. For cake, teaspoon powder, night phone baking. Heat FR Barber flour into bake moderate. Camp food whites on white, egg, bake. Delmer A. Smith butter, teaspoon, powder white, sugar. Brideworth baking, sugar teaspoon powder, water, boiling water, fulfilling meats, whipped bride's sugar milk, teaspoon, baking. Flavor sugar slowly. Yolks, flavoring cool, be sure milk water burnt syrup. Teaspoon frosting compiled 3,960 tablespoons, thin, proper, burn into burn, until... Devil's cake will be brown sugar, baking, butter, all the layers moderate. Oven mix Mrs. S.G. Clark. Together, mixture stir Mrs. S.G. Clark. Blanched. Flour, cinnamon, sugar, grape, raisins, sugar for which we are striving, well molasses, spices, liquids, citron, Lastly, flour whites. Four hours, we deliver Mrs. David Crail in a teaspoon. Baking sugar, cut hot oven, Kawaguchi shortcake. Burnt teaspoons, a teaspoon yolks, flour, a flour. Whites, then beat. I was reading New York Times Magazine, which describes your latest album, Have You in My Wilderness, as your most, quote, freeform album to date. But then in another interview with Quietus, you said, hmm, that's interesting. For me, it's like the opposite. (laughs) So can you speak to that at all? I wonder what that, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe I was interpreting it as, um, I didn't really know what they meant, actually by that i but i guess what i meant is that um i found this album to be the most musically restricting which i enjoyed it wasn't a bad thing but i i was really for the first time with this record doing something that was um in the tradition of in a musical tradition whereas in the past i don't really work with the musical traditions they just like use like a story or something so um so the tradition was like um maybe ballads from the 60s, sort of like, I don't know, it's a little general. It's still not very specific, but I was using verse, chorus, verse in a more restricted way than usual, consciously, and I really, actually really enjoyed that. Um, But I don't know if, like, I'll ever do that again. But that that was kind of, like, the what was going on there. And then maybe that's why it doesn't feel freeform to me. It feels kind of like working within a tradition, which I don't tend to do, a musical tradition, I mean.
A minute ago, you heard a track from Julia Holter, C Calls Me Home, from her new album, Have You in My Wilderness. And just now, you heard a recording of a live performance of Julia Holter covering a 1960s ballad. Now let's play the beginning of the original version of that song, Hello Stranger Sung, this time by Barbara Lewis. Chubop, chubop, my baby, chubop, chubop. Hello, stranger. It seems so good to see you back again. How long has it been? Seems like a mighty long Can you talk a little bit about how you thought about Freeform while you were here? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it was just, like, really fun to explore a lot of different things. And I would say it was, the, like, the last time I really listened to so much music, and I'm actually striving to get back to that place. I should probably find another avenue for it. Um, I should probably find a radio station or something. to Because <laughs> I listened to so much stuff, and it was really in- enriching, and I... Um, I don't even have specific albums I remember playing. I just know that it like in general, I just knew so much more about music than I do now in a way. Yeah. And I was so engaged in it. And every day, just oh, not every day, but like at least once a week, going through new records that came in. And it's just was so interesting and fun, and just the joy of music and and loving music in this way that's just so genuine and real. And these days, I don't even listen to much music, so I'm really like striving to get back to this place I was at when I was that age, and like so excited about it you know yeah uh, and it really helped me get through a lot of stuff with this idea like the idea that you could just play a song from this genre and then another and then another was totally like exciting to me because i was just felt so imprisoned in this like classical world i think yeah it's kind of heartbreaking to kind of get bits and snatches of how constrained do you felt with the hierarchies and with the, I don't know, the the great structure that was yeah. education for you. Yeah, totally. That's a song song. Will you come, go, will you come, go, will you come, go? 
So you, in the past, you've tutored and worked part-time jobs, but for the past few jobs, you've been doing only music. So I'm wondering, what's the rhythm of your life like? Um, it's pretty, it's good. I'm really happy, and I'm I'm doing what I want, and it's good, and I don't, nothing's too crazy. Like, my life hasn't changed in a, in a bad way for doing this. It's like, I always thought if I would do something, I never, like, at the time I was at at Michigan, for example, I didn't ever think I would be doing music in this way. I thought I'd be, like, teaching at a school or, like, music or teaching music or something. And I didn't really think of myself as a performer, and it's been this, like, really great realization that I enjoy performing and that I want to do that. Um, and so it's just great because my life is basically the same as before, but just better. Like, I get to just spend the time I want doing what I want to do and making my music. It's kind of really wonderful. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and that's because um, you're kind of bankrolled by Domino, right? Is that right? Yeah, and and I think you know they put faith in me. I don't sell a ton of records, but they support me so far, and hopefully, um, I'm also doing going to start doing film scoring and stuff. So hopefully, um, their support will like go somewhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because and... I mean, it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not, like, super famous, and I don't, you know, sell a lot of records, but I think, like, ideally, I could get into film scoring and do work like that, and um, all of this stuff would, ultimately, I can still continue this career as I get older and may not always perform. I don't really know, but I do have a background in composition, so film scoring isn't un completely out of the pit. Like, I think that would be great or something, so. So I don't know how, you know, how secret your project is now, but can you talk a little bit about your, your project with film scoring? If not, even... Yeah, oh, yeah go it's ahead. It's a boxing movie. It's coming out in a year. It's called Bleed for This. And it's the first movie I've ever done professionally scoring, but it's been really fun. And I just kind of did it myself and got my friends to play on it. And it's like... But it's actually a movie that's, like, going to be in theaters, which is kind of mind-boggling to me. And it's like it's like a... It's really a simple score. It's like I just kind of played some bluesy piano and it adds some strings and there's a little saxophone in there and stuff. So, but I think it works well. Everyone's it seems like a really positive experience for me. So, cool. Um, and it's called what? Bleed. It's called Bleed for this. Okay. <laughs> it's um, it's like uh, it's really well done. Um, incredible acting, Miles. Teller is in it and Katie Seagal and I don't know it's really it's good yeah that's an interesting kind of transition or an interesting project yeah, to take on totally so uh tell me about Chatty Caddies Chatty Caddies Chatty Caddies is a friend of mine um made this movie and he was like can you be in it and I was like um I don't really act but okay and then he wanted me to contribute he wanted to some of my songs so he has some of my songs in there and um I don't know what else to say. It was, I wasn't involved in it too much. I showed up for a few hours one day, but I went to see it, and it was really good. <laughs> so Have you seen it? No, I don't know how I would. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, right. How can I? I? How can anybody? I don't know. I wonder if you... I'm not sure what the latest news is, but I know they did well in Seattle. They had something. All right, well... I'll find out for you. Oh, that'd, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Chatty caddies. But yeah, you acted in it. Right? Yeah, for a second, yeah. Okay. Um, 
Any any like news on that front? Are you like, oh man, this acting thing? No, I love I'm never it. acting. No, I'm not going to be an actor. I just want to tell you that I love the video for This Is A True Heart. Oh, nice. So I was wondering, because it's one of the few, very few videos of yours that at least I can detect a narrative. Mm. So I'm wondering where that narrative came from. I don't know. I actually don't make my videos. Other people do. And then I just show up and act in them. So I have no idea where that guy came up with that. <laughs> well, what do you think of it? I don't know. I kind of like it. But I don't have a strong feeling about it. Okay. Well, I, I will have strong enough feelings for the both of us and say that I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially... I like it, though. Yeah, it, it's good. It's good. And it's yeah, mysterious. Yeah, no, totally. And you're into mystery. <laughs> and you get to play a spy in it. I know. I know. It's funny. Which is actually more acting. It is. I know. But I don't know if that really means I'm going to act. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of did it. I think I'm, those days are over. Okay, okay. But yeah, and then the break to the saxophone. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh. 
with Have You In My Wilderness. I saw you talk about the process of it a little bit yeah. and how, um, yeah. you know, you said there were times when you wanted to throw it away, but then you came back to it and you love it and now you're content with it. And, um, yeah, so I, it started in 2010. I, I wrote Have You In My Wilderness, Betsy on the Roof, He Calls Me Home in 2010. And I just kind of wrote them for, I was just sitting there. I wasn't thinking about what record they'd be on. I just wrote them. and But they were all kind of different, but then they all kind of like seemed like they fit together and for years I've had them kind of like wanting to build something around those songs. But I was busy working on like Ecstasies and then Loud City songs. And but these three songs somehow seemed to work together for me and I so um and I've been performing them for years. And I just um I so I decided to build some songs around them and I, they felt kinda of like ballads. Somehow kind of somewhat could be love songs or um 
especially having my wilderness. And and so I built new. I finally had time to build other songs around those ones. That's that's what this record is. And so what I do is I make demos of everything at home, and then I bring them into the studio and we record them. And I arrange parts for the instruments that kind of seem like they'll work well with based on my, what my demos were. And and I think the challenge that I talk about that you probably read about was that I had these three older songs, like I mentioned, Betsy on the Roof, She Calls Me Home, Have You in My Wilderness. And it was hard to arrange those because I had this idea in my mind of what they were originally, whereas the newer songs I had already arranged in the demo form. So I had to rearrange them in the studio, and it never felt... It, it took a long time for them to feel right, and they finally did, but it took a long time, and we had to re-record things a lot. So that was the struggle, but it ended up being okay. Yeah, so how do you know that a song or an album is done? I don't know. Sometimes that's what's great about working with someone is I frequently would panic, and Cole would say, no, this really works, this is emotional, and I just had to listen to him because I was really down on things a lot. Yeah. So Cole kind of was like, no, this feels emotional, and then that's it. That's that's when I know. I mean, that's not it, but I'll listen to him, and he kind of helps guide me in those. Does help to guide me.
about how you approach arrangements because you have your background in composition and you seem to notice arrangements in other people's work so is there a way that you fit those pieces together um i mean when i arrange it's basically like i come up with a basic arrangement and i don't spend a lot of time perfecting the parts i kind of i come up with something and then i bring it into the studio and then we can like tweak it with the instrumentalist and they also add like a little improvisational things to to make it more exciting. And so I do see it as a somewhat collaborative process, especially in my records, where Cole is arranging um, with me too, because he's selecting those different takes that we choose, and he's selecting the um, he like organizes it because he's the one at the computer when we're recording. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and how did you get hooked up with your drummer, Corey? Yeah. Um, I met him through a bunch of, like, he went to Kellogg's a while back, and we met um, that way. Okay. So, you guys seem to yeah, have a good... through a lot of people. <laughs> you seem to have a good rapport. Yeah, yeah, totally. Agree. <laughs> and I just want to say, too, that um, I'm sitting in our production studio, and I can sort of hear what's going on over the air here at WCBN. And yeah. one of your songs from Have You in My Wilderness was playing oh, on the cool. Girl Power Half Hour. Yeah. So That's funny. Yeah, how do you feel about your music being played on the radio? It's great. It's totally weird. I love it. <laughs> so, last question. You are on tour this year through Europe, Asia, and Australia, and on the West and East Coast, but I'm wondering when is the next time people in Michigan or in the Midwest can catch you playing live? Early next year, hopefully. <gasps> Whoa! In fact, I know for sure, yeah. All right. I know it's sort of far. 
No, that's great. That's so close. Oh, good. Okay, good. That's super close. Yeah. And then Yeah, no, I can't wait to come back. I love playing there. I love the Detroit area like because I just have so many good memories. So, yeah. I have friends there still, so. Great. So, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, totally. And that's it. Nice talking. Bye. Yeah, bye. A conversation with Julia Holter, who spent time as a WCBN DJ and graduated from the University of Michigan. She's performing on tour right now, abroad mostly, but she'll visit us again in southeast Michigan, as you've just heard, early next year. This has been a special edition of the Living Writers Show. I am your transient host, The Liz. T. Hetzel will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Don't make me over Now that I do anything for you Don't make me over Now that you know how I
late start, no intro. Welcome to WCBN uh, FM 88.3 on your dial if you're listening online. That's great, too. Uh, this is the Daily Sports Report, a Wolverine Wednesday edition. Uh, of course, I'm Zach Shaw. On the other side of the glass, we have Jeremy Parks, uh, Leonard Blavenstein, uh, Alec Greer, I believe, and